Pastor Moore's coming. Everybody say, jump on him, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. That's something to look forward to. No other gods, though there's not any, there's loads that's been made by man. But they hadn't went and prepared a place. They don't have ears to hear your cry. They don't have a hand to reach down to take you by the hand. They hadn't set up promises and statues and principles. They hadn't robed themselves and come and conquered temptation, conquered the world, conquered death. But our Savior has. I promise you tonight, Jesus Christ is a winner. And every disciple that's walking in his footsteps got an ear to hear what the Spirit called the Holy Ghost has to say. It doesn't matter how wicked it may seem to get and how feeble you and I may become. But as I preached, amen, Sunday night, for His name's sake, He'll come and rescue me. I'll just lift my voice and turn my eyes and stand when I've done all I can do. Amen. He knows where I'm at. He knows how to liberate me. He knows how to deliver me. Amen. He he never bothered him to send his disciples back into the temple. He didn't tell them to leave town. He didn't tell them, amen, go another city yet. You go back into that synagogue, amen, and you keep on preaching and teaching in my name. Amen. Because if I can break you out of the jailhouse, amen, without them even knowing it, the guards were still there. It was still all locked up. The council, amen, it called a council meeting, amen, but the main guest couldn't show up because a guest had done left, amen, done been delivered and set free. I'm glad tonight on a Wednesday night just like this. It's worth the struggle and the heartache and the amen to come on a Wednesday night to bring these old weary bodies, amen, to give God glory to God Almighty, to hear the word of God, to feel the touch of the Holy Ghost. It's going to be worth it in that moment when my feet touch the streets of gold, when I meet him in the air, when I know without a waver of doubt I'll never be tempted again. There'll be no more Lucifer or Satan, amen, to have a chance at my soul ever again. going to be worth whatever it takes you and I set out to accomplish that to achieve that 2 Timothy 3 and 15 it's good to see all in the house of the Lord tonight come and worship God with us appreciate you each one of you each one that's a part of this service tonight we love you appreciate you thank God for you amen thank God for each one it comes and place to worship and if you're at home or a guest we, we're so thankful that you've come to join with us and to give God some glory in this house to have an ear to hear and a heart to hear the word of God and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is Christ. All scriptures given by an inspiration of God. All scriptures. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. I'm very interested in the righteousness of God. I'm very interested in what God wants us to do and what direction He wants us to take. I want to hold on to the traditions that Paul said to hold on to. I want to follow the doctrines or instructions or commandments, precepts, ever how you want to put it. I don't have a problem with God's commandments. In fact, he taught us, he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I want to keep them tonight. How about you? I want to hold them dear in our hearts, our minds, and spirits. Amen. I, I want this to be a church. Amen. That God's 
spoke his word, his anointing and his power, amen, is what would rule and reign here above everything else. Just letting God be God and helping us in this end time to see revival, see miracles and wonders and signs take place in hearts and lives. I want to see it, amen, not just for the sake of seeing it, but I'm telling you, as, as we even hopefully tonight at least get into the book of Acts and uh, the doctrines that was taught. You can't separate God's doctrines from miracles and wonders and signs. God's going to confirm His Word with wonders and signs. We don't follow signs. Signs follow us. There is a difference. We're not driving and burning up the roads trying to find this place and that place trying to find. No, right here. Right here at this first Jesus name church of Bendale. Miracles can take place and wonders and signs and healings and deliverance as we just put this word of God inside of us and love it. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you on this Wednesday night. I thank you, Lord, for all the singers, the instrument players, the saints of God, and every individual that's here on this Wednesday night to worship you and magnify your name. Oh, there's many things that could have distracted us and kept us from coming. But God, we made the journey and we're here and we're asking you to help us. Lord, our minds loose our tongue, help us. Help us bring forth the word tonight in a manner and a way that every lamb, that every sheep in this house could be ministered and touched and moved upon by the power of the doctrines of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you all the praise and glory and honor in this house tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord bless you and you may be seated. Thank you again for your response. I never take this lightly, especially on Wednesday nights. Uh, our world has, uh, is very busy. And like it or not, we're called up in it. We're pulled into it. We're lured into it. And some of it maybe by choice. And then some of it, you know, it's just it's just in the world that we're in. And um, it's not that we necessarily want to be and want to be a part of it. But uh, the fast lane, how many likes being in the fast lane? Well, that's the reason we live out in the country. Amen. That's the reason we, we, we choose to live in places like Bendale and Broome. And these kind of places that's 20 and 15 and 20, 25 miles from town. And amen. You know, to make the drive. Amen. We're not interested in all the new gadgets, all the new events. We don't have to be, we're not called up in all that. But we're interested in what God wants to do. We're interested in what God wants to do for us and through us. We're interested in what doors He wants us to knock on and what lives that He wants us to encounter and to be a light to and a help to. Let's don't forget this Easter Sunday. We're going to have one service, got some things planned. We're going to come, we're going to take our time and celebrate the resurrection. Amen. If anybody ought to know how to celebrate this, the resurrection, it's Holy Ghost filled people. It's people that's really experienced that resurrecting power. That's set in heavenly places, knows what it is for, to feel those chill bumps. And to know what it is to feel like your hair is going to stand on your head and Amen. To just get caught up in that. And there's nothing like it. Amen. We like for that feeling on us every day, don't we? We like for that, that glory and that power. And man, that lifting, the lifting of the burdens and the joy that it puts inside of us. I'm telling you, we can be as low as we ever been, but you let the Holy Ghost begin to move in us. We can have a pain in our body, but something about the Holy Ghost begins to move. It's it works, amen, it can work better than any pain medicine you can take, giving you relief and, and helping you. That's the reason it would pay us 
praying through every day. Praying through and talking in that heavenly language and just working on that relationship and companionship with God to know Him, to have that fellowship with Him, that assurance that He's with us. I know the Scriptures taught us He'd never leave us nor forsake us. But we've all been in this life long enough and down this, this road far enough that there are those days and times that feel like God's a million miles away. And the heavens is brass and it doesn't seem like he's hearing our prayers. But we know he's there. And he, we know that he knows we right where he, he knows right where we're at. And amen. He knows our uprise and our downfalls. He knows our strong points and our weaknesses. And if we'll just stay faithful to him, God's going to see us through. I believe it's going to really mean something in the world that we're living in, the times that we're living in, the times that we're facing. The Bible's taught us that everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. Now, you don't put it just like that, but that's, that's the theme of it. That's the meaning of it. Amen. But, but he promised us that no man can pluck us. Out of his hand. But at the other, on the other hand. As Brother Ford done mentioned a little bit about this. Man you got a, we got an adversary. We got a devil. We got one and the writer put it this way. For us to be vigilant and to be sober. Why? Because you got an adversary that's after you. And he's setting snares and traps. And he's looking for means and ways. To cause pain. And cause disunity and hurt. And disappointments and. He'll use anything that he possibly can use. Amen. He's not going to play fair. <laughs> amen. He's going to twist and distort and, amen, whatever he can, amen, to, to put things into our minds and into our hearts and into our spirit. The writer called them fiery darts. Darts alone is painful enough. <laughs> Anybody ever been shot with a taser? I hadn't either. Not interested in being shot either. Praise God. <laughs> I think I'd rather be shot with a taser than the 9mm though. I, I mean, <laughs> if I got to choose. <laughs> Amen. But from all accounts, that taser, unless you, you show enough somebody uh, under the right influence, and I'm telling you, you can be under the right influence, it. It, it may not affect you. You can, you can resist it. That's when they pull out the nine millimeters. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? There are some things going on around us. And, and, and I've and I'm started, to, I haven't put a lot of time into it, but, but I'm going to. I'm going to search it out out of these scriptures about demonical forces. Spirits, and where they can take abode at, take residence. One reason I mentioned this, one of our last lessons, if you remember, Jesus was in the synagogue and there was a man there with an evil spirit. Just how often had he come to that synagogue? How many services had he had made but was never stirred? was never revealed, was never made known. In fact, in fact, there's a possibility that this individual could have been one of their spiritual leaders. In fact, a lot of them, shown up scholars in the Bible, believes that. That it was probably a shock to who this individual was that had kept it hidden, kept it in a place, but yet... It was there. Because I mentioned this already, but I'm going to mention it again tonight. When you really start digging into the doctrines of Christ, you start preaching the doctrines of Christ. If you start preaching this word as the word of God in that form and manner and spirit, there's going to be some things that's going to raise its head. That may have been around a long time. But it's the doctrines that begins to cause them.
to lift their heads and reveal themselves and make themselves known. Because they're going to be moved one way or the other. Church, if there's anything you better fall in love with, is the doctrines of Jesus Christ. It's the commandments of God. It's the call of God, the voice of God. It got Israel in trouble time and time again because they rejected him. They despised him. I don't despise this way of living. I'm telling you, I don't despise this way of living. It's not hard. I've heard that, but I'm telling you, it's not hard. Yes, there's struggles. But yet, but yet, you know, it's not a cult. God hadn't, hadn't gave us instructions in a way to conduct our, our conversations. Amen. That it's, it's unbearable. It's unattainable. No, I found out that my problem, when I find, begin to find troubles with that, my problems is reading the Word of God. My problems disciplining myself to prayer. And I found out that the more I pray, and I'm going I'm to get on that. I felt it this tonight. The doctrine of prayer. The need of doctrine of prayer. Even in this local assembly. Knowing how to pray. Falling in love with praying. Amen. Coming and, uh, you know, I don't have to worry about what time they're going to show up. If anything, they're going to be early. If anything, I've got to show up. Pastor's got to show up early and get the air on early and get the doors unlocked because there's going to be somebody here before time. Thank you for all the amens. <laughs> Praise God. I know Wednesday nights, and we kind of excuse Wednesday night, but let's be careful doing that. Sometimes excuses become crutches, and sometimes crutches and excuses become a, a, a way of life and a ditch. And after a way, it just becomes. And here's the problem with that. What's going to the next generation going to do? See, see, if when one generation quits doing it, and I got proof. I could prove you in the denominal world. All the churches at one time had midweek services. But they're slipping away from them. I see that slipping in on us too. What's, what's happening? Hunger and thirst. And that's the reason, and I hope I don't bore you tonight. Lord have mercy. I, I pondered that and think about it and pray over it. Because I go back and re, recaptivate some of it and relapse over some of it. But you know what? Even in prayer today, the Holy Ghost reminded me. He said, well, you haven't told them 17 times. <laughs> So I've got a little relief there, and you have too. I haven't told you 17 times yet. But I'm telling you, the term doctrine alone, that's 51 times in your King James Version. Amen. And, and I know I'm, I'm not even, I don't even know if I'm sure I'm halfway yet. I hadn't counted it up, but uh, at least we are in the New Testament of the term doctrine. But, but I hope somehow... That something, something's triggered in your mind and heart and spirit of just how important the doctrine is. Because if you and I don't get it, I'm telling you the next generation sure is not going to get it either. If it doesn't wrap up in our minds and hearts and spirit that we fight for it, not just inside this building. It's one thing to tell me amen on a Wednesday night and Sunday morning and Sunday night and stand up for it on a Monday morning. Amen. Or at the kitchen's table or when other adversaries rise up. Because everybody's going to be tested of the doctrines they believe in. Everybody's going to be tested and tried. God's going to see to that. He's going to try every heart. What the Bible says, whether or not if we believe this or not, whether or not. <clears throat> That's a reason is so important. Even as we start here tonight, I'm going to go back to John 7. Uh, I won't go back to Mark and uh, I'm going to bypass that one, but I want to go back to John 7. Oh, I want us to really understand what Jesus said. And Brother Ford hit on that. Tonight, whenever he made the statements, when Jesus walked to the voice of God, he taught us. He said, these are not my words. These are not my works. The glory belongs to the Father. 
That hasn't changed. The glory belongs. Uh, the writer later on in, in the Testament puts it this way. He talks about the works that we do may glorify the Father. That others may see that work. And experience those works that, that we get involved in. That it may glorify the Father. As you reach out, don't ever underestimate those kind words and that kindness or lending that ear or going out of your way to help somebody or just how far that might go. Especially when you do it as the scripture taught us, doing everything in word and deed in his name as a, as a representative of his. It's not just that we will get credit and others will see us. No, it's about the glory of God. It's about the love of God. It's about the power of God that because we was held captive one time, but now there's a different one that's got us captive. Now you held captive by one or the other. Everybody is. Amen. Something's got our minds. Something's got, got us held captive and controlling and, and dictating and ruling in our lives. That's the reason we got to watch this old carnal man and keep him under subjection and mortify his deeds. And, and maybe tonight if I can get to Romans, the sixth chapter and the 17th verse in that sixth chapter, it deals with that. It deals with that, that, that sinful man, that, that old natured man, that old carnal man and him dying out, amen, and letting God be the master of our lives, letting the word of God be the master of our minds and decisions that we make. Hallelujah, it's so important. He promised us out of Jericho Jeremiah and Ezekiel that he's going to write it upon the tables of our heart. He's going to take out that stony heart and put in a fleshly heart and he can write it on the tables of our heart. Amen. That we can live for him and serve him. Hallelujah. By his grace. This marvelous grace that I've experienced through Jesus Christ is how I'm living an overcoming life and a victorious life. It's walking in this grace and this marvelous life. It's the reason I'm not going to be deceived or, or fall amen to the left side or to the right side. I'm not going to be lured into doctrines that's not godly and upright. Again, it brings you right back to the importance of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And being able to hear that still, small voice in your conscience and in your heart. You know what I'm talking about. We've all been there. It's kind of like we do our babies. Basically, when they just start, just start crawling. They just begin to start walking. And them little eyes are spotting every little thing. Man, you can leave an M&M on the floor and nobody else sees it, but they will. But that ain't all they see. They see every little, every little piece of grass, every rock. Them little hands have it up and in their mouth before you know it. They worse than a chicken. <laughs> Even a chicken is spit a rock out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> and so we're on a journey. Paul, I finished the course. I finished the journey. And uh, receiving the Holy Ghost and the laying of the foundation. That's just the beginning. But we got to take heed how we build thereupon. And what we tune our ears to and let our eyes. But in Proverbs this week, and it talks about... The eyes are never satisfied. <laughs> I had to go somewhere this morning and I quit sitting in one area. I just go through that area, go out front where there's nobody and I take my Bible and I go out there and read. In fact, the folks, they don't even hesitate there. They just come out there and know where they can find me. I'm going to be out there. And, and I, in fact, I had one of them come and hunt me up today. They, they didn't get to wait on me. They had to wait on somebody else and they try to take over my part, come out just so they get. Anyway, I, I still invited him. I said, man, you got to come be a church with me. Anyway, what I'm trying to tell you, you, you I, but, but going back and forth, I had to do it two or three times. But I noticed in this other place where most of them sitting, their eyes are never satisfied, buddy. <laughs> They're just looking. They got, they got one up here, plumbing. they got one down here. They, you're never going to satisfy those eyes. But the only place you're going to find true satisfaction and contentment and happiness is coming to the house of God and opening up this book and spending time in prayer. Please, God, help us not to get so busy. We don't have time for you. We don't have some time that, uh, that 
God, we can give you more than just when we're driving down the road. And I'm not against that. Pray when you're driving down the road. It's a good time to be praying. Man, if any time you need angels, you need them. And for them other drivers as well as you. But they can't be all that we give him. You see, that's like taking, and I don't mean to get on a rabbit, but here I am. But that's like taking a man of the Old Testament and taking study the best you got. I'm going to take that and it's lame. I'm going to take that one, amen, it doesn't, doesn't look too good. And in fact, I don't really like this and I'm going to give it to God. And it's the same. I'm going to give him what's left. That's the reason I'm big. And I know Jesus got up early and preached. I mean, got up early and prayed. And, and I don't mean to get on this, but I'm on it for just a second here. So, so but here's how I feel about it. You, you, you pick a time that you can give him your best time. When you're not near as sleepy, if that's possible. When you're not near as distracted, if that's possible. When you can lay everything else aside. If that's at 2 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, they, the Bible talks about even the New Testament, hour of prayer. and Those hours, you could see even sometimes at 9 o'clock in the morning. And I know some's got maybe more time than others. And, and so it's very important how we, how we use our time. How we use it. What we're going to invest in that time. And I know there's a lot on us. I know we're living in a world that's there's a lot of demands today. <laughs> uh, you don't hear this as much as you used to. But I can remember probably 15 years ago or so. Amen. Well, boy, the, we didn't do that in the old you're right, but you wasn't forced to buy insurance, and you wasn't forced to buy this, and you wasn't forced to buy that. And, you know, there was, our world has changed so much, and I'm not looking for excuses or loopholes for us, okay? But I'm telling you, we're living in a world today that there's a lot of demand upon us to just be a Christian. I mean, it's against the law to drive your automobile without insurance. So you got to work and pay for insurance. Or if you get pulled over, you're going to get a ticket. And if you keep on, you're going to go to jail. And that don't look too good on a Christian. You know, I, I really don't want, you know, I don't want, to, I don't want, to, you know, my me pulled over the blue lights and, you know, who's going to come drive by and see me? Oh, my goodness. I'll never forget what that brother said, superintendent. Now, I don't think he's superintendent from Georgia. Short. I can see him. Anyway. Uh, uh, maybe you'll remember when I say this He said it at camp He had some heart problems in front of Victoria's Secrets Bill Davis Brother Bill Davis He said man He felt like he was going out or something I don't remember just how it went But he's thinking He said in his mind He said Oh God please not here <laughs> Not in front of this place and he was just walking through, but it just happened to hit at that time and moment. <laughs> and you did, oh, the saints are going to hear. <laughs> but anyway, praise God. <laughs> so, so, but we, we, you know, we just don't have control of all of that. But the things that we got control in, and you know what? That's where God wants us to make a difference. That's the reason I didn't stop at that little place where it's set up so so many can sit there and, and no, I'm just going to walk on through. And I could care less what everybody else thinks about it. I don't say that to be rude and ugly either. It's such a habit now, I don't even think about it. I just, I just, Why? Church, if it's ever been a time that we need to, we need some good, healthy, godly routines. It's the point I'm trying to make. Doctrines. Amen. Sound doctrines. Do you know what that means? Healthy. Healthy. It's like eating healthy. It's like Dwelling on things that's godly and healthy. That's huh. like going to good healthy places. And so 
when you choose a church and a place that you're going to call your home church and a place that you're going to put yourself in, and um, I'm going when you put yourself there, regardless if you believe it all or not, you become a part of that. You've come into agreement with it. Right or wrong. Okay? I'm laying a little foundation here of the importance of doctrines. I know we're living in a time today where if you listen to some spiritual leaders, it really doesn't matter how you believe. All you got to do is believe. You don't have to change nothing. You don't have to repent. You don't have to be baptized. You don't have to have the Holy Ghost. You don't have to quote any scriptures. You don't have to read your Bible. You can just go and come. And if, if, if you show up, good. If you don't show up. And, but, but. But you're talking about eternity and you're talking about your soul. And so when you start looking at it from that viewpoint now, doctrines is going to make all the difference in the world. What you and I believe is going to make all the difference in the world at the end time. What we've allowed ourselves to believe. Because when you watch this in John 7, Especially when you back up to the very beginning of it. And I may not even get no further than this. Praise God. Brother Andrew's helping me out. I've looked tonight, buddy. I got it in my pocket, but I'm not even going to take it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. But John 7, let's look there for a few minutes. In the beginning of this seventh verse, and after these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry. That means Judea. He wasn't going there openly and just at will and at just in any time. There's a reason for this. But it says, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now, the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. This is one of the main feasts that was, that was mandatory, that was a must for them to come and to be a part of, to join in. Amen. It's one of those, amen, that complication, amen, that was caught. And, and so it wouldn't, you couldn't just bypass it. I mean, if you did, you, could, you was going to wind up in trouble. And so even up until this time and this hour and day, it was still in practice. But I want you to listen to the next verse or two. Listen to what his brothers tell him. His half-brothers. Okay. For his brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that the disciples also may see the works of thy, that thou doest. You have to read a little bit, I believe, into this. I'm not trying to add or take from it. But from all accounts, Jesus began to reveal himself and his, his ministry began to reveal himself unto his half-brothers there. And they began to see something in him. They begin to recognize some things. They begin to see something unfold through Jesus Christ. That, that he wasn't. You know, it maybe at one time when they were just eight, nine, they looked at him at times and he would say things and do things and they would go, Man, what, what, Jesus, how did he say that? How did he, how did he know that? How did he respond for there is no man that doeth anything in secret. And he himself seeketh to be known openly. Men with great talents and great abilities that can astound people. They don't like to keep it a secret. They like for it to be made known. They, they like to use it. But but majority of that is for what purpose and for what reason? And whose glory are they seeking? Okay? If I do these things, showeth thyself to the world. Listen to his response. 
for neither did his brethren believe in him. They didn't really believe that he was that Messiah. They didn't really believe at this point in time that he was who he was saying he was. If you say who you are, then you know, it's kind of like the God that says he's got a lot of money. Well, man, show me. Put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come. He told his mother that too. It's mentioned in other times. My time is not yet come to be manifested, to be made known. The world cannot hate you, but me it hated because I testify of it. He's given them the reason why. He cannot just openly go back into Judea. I'm, I'm hated by them now. They're, they're planning to kill me. But my time is not yet. It wasn't that he wasn't going to go to Judea because he's going. But listen to it. That the works thereof are evil. Go ye up unto this feast. Go not up yet unto this feast. I go not yet up to this feast. For my time is not yet full come. When he had said these things... Of these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up to the feast, but openly, but not openly, but as it were in secret. See, he told them, you can go. They're not after you. You're not the one that's telling them and preaching to them and giving them a doctrine and telling them the, the truth about where they're at and their conditions. I mentioned it last Wednesday night or one but prior to that. Doctrines always causes a disturbance. It'll cause a fear too. When the true doctrine starts being unveiled and, and, and it starts, and revelation starts getting hold of your mind and heart and spirit. Amen. You know what? Everybody else is going to start becoming religious. Every, some of your families all of a sudden will start pulling out the Bible and start talking about the experiences they had 52 years ago and on a certain uh, revival when they was 10 years old and how, how they became saved and redeemed and... and but you ain't heard them call on Jesus in 40 years. You didn't even have a clue they ever went to church. But all of a sudden, everybody's an expert about God, an expert about heaven. My wife mentioned that just this week. Amen. All these folks that's dying and going to heaven and coming back and talking about heaven and things God showed them that's contrary to this book. I mark them off. Everybody else can do what they want to. But I got a right by the word of God. They didn't go to heaven and they probably didn't die. They're looking for glory in the wrong places. They're looking for, for, for glamour in the wrong places. I'm telling you, we're living in a world that's eat up with itself. All these selfies, it's all about me. It's all about I'm looking for some kind of glory. I'm looking for some kind of attention. I want you to hear me now. We'll walk where God wants us to walk and we keep pursuing what we're pursuing and we do it with fasting and prayer and true honesty and sincerity in our hearts and minds and preaching this doctrine. I'm telling you, you're going to shake a world like you've never seen before in your life. You're going to shake a demonical world too. And we've got to have the goods, honey. We've got to have the goods. We've got to have the anointing of God, the favor of God, and the power of God with us. We've got to come out on the other side and win this race. We've got to keep ourselves from being deceived. If we've got to pull them out of darkness, if we've got to pull them out of the clutches of demonic forces, if we've got to pull them out of the lust of the world, then we've got to have something that's greater than that. That's what a poor pit's all about. It's to pull souls out of the pit. That's the reason the pulpit's got to make sure it's anchored and settled and grounded down. Amen. It's not afraid of it or ashamed of it. And not only that we preach it, that we live it. There's a big difference. 
I'm praying. I've been praying especially hard in the last little while. God, you help me to live this thing. You help me to live it. You help me with the, the shield of faith. Every fiery dart, God, you help me. I want to win this thing, not just for myself. I want to win it, amen, because I got some grandbabies. I got some friends in this community. I got some folks we really care a lot about. But they're blinded right now. They don't have a clue about the true doctrine of God. They make a little fun about ours and they make a little whatever, but they, they're, they're ignorant and unlearned. And I don't say that in a, in a smart act way, but they're in darkness and don't even know it. But somehow, God, the true light will shine through us in such a way and such a power and such a demonstration. That's the reason every conversation outside, you better hear me tonight, every conversation outside this building, you better make sure you keep it in the framework of the Word of God. You better make sure you keep under the framework of the Holy Ghost. I don't care if it's at your home. I don't care if it's in a business place. It don't matter. Never. I'm telling you, we never have a right, amen, to be ugly. We never have a right, amen, to get out of sorts and all this other stuff. I'm telling you, I'm coming back again tonight. When you get this doctrine anchored and settled down in your mind, heart, and spirit, you won't be tossed to and fro. You won't have so many nerve problems. I'm not talking about the natural stuff of life. That ain't what I'm talking about. These things that gets on our nerves in the natural, there's a difference of that. That ain't what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about in knowing who we believe. And knowing who to worship and how to worship Him. Amen. How to make our way to the house of God. How to present these bodies holy and acceptable and pleasing unto God. Holiness has not changed. The standards of holiness have not changed. God has not changed his mind about coming out from among them and being separate. Hallelujah. God has changed his mind. His people has always, always, always in the Old Testament and the New Testament. They could tell, amen, when they become some of them Jehovah folks. Hallelujah. That's what always got Israel messed up. They started bowing down to their idols and bowing down to their gods and participating in God at their celebrations and participating amen at their parties and participating in them and they started marrying their darlings and they started marrying their sons marry off to them I'm telling you if it's ever been a time we got to get back to some old fashioned doctrines God gave us these doctrines to keep us we're kept by the word we're not only begotten by the word we're kept by it this is, how, this is what's going to get us through and I'll tell you something, if we never got it, that's the reason we're having such a struggle. If we never anchored these doctrines into our spirits and into our hearts and our minds, if we never searched them out to know them. I don't ever said from this place. I, I've never, even in, you can be seated, I've never, do you like a Bible studies? Almost nothing said about far as the dressing. You know what the main focus is? The Holy Ghost. Getting the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because if I can persuade them to get the Holy Ghost. If I can persuade them to get the foundation right. That Holy Ghost reveal things. <laughs> the Holy Ghost will convict them. Holy Ghost would give revelation. The Holy Ghost will happen. I can explain it and, and come ten different ways, but I'm telling you, it's something about the Holy Ghost. When it opens your eyes, you'll see things in a clear way. You'll get a revelation and understanding of why we're doing what we're doing. Amen. I'm telling you, there's too many, even one God Pentecostal people, they cannot tell nobody else why we're doing what we're doing. Why we go like we do. Why you act like that. If you ever got a taste of the Holy Ghost, you'd, you'd be dancing with us. If you ever got a taste of the Holy Ghost, you'd be rolling with us. If you ever really got in the presence of God and that power of joy, I'm telling you, I'm glad I got all of something that I can't contain and I can't control it. That's not much of a God if I can dictate him and control him. Oh, God. And I don't want this spirit of just little Pentecost either. God help us. Praise God. folks spirits drove in but the doctrine's going to drive them out teaching's going to drive them out hallelujah the teaching of the word of God I tell you it'll root up things hallelujah nothing else will root it up when you mix fasting and praying and preaching the word of God with the love of God it's going to root up something I want it to be rooted up 
I want it. I want it to be. I prayed this week. I said, God, if I put in a coat on something, you help me pull it off. If I'm covering up something, God, you help me. You know, the only thing that can cover sin and do any good is blood of Christ. And another place it talks about the love covers a multitude of sin. But true love now. Not love that I'm going to push it under the rug. That I'm going to change the doctrines to accept. We don't have that power. Now, that's, that's where we headed. You watch in this seventh chapter what unfolds. So as you work your way on down, what's unfolding here is he makes his way to this feast and this celebration. Now about the midst of the feast, which is about the middle of it, Jesus went into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? He'd never sat in any of our schools. We never saw him in any of our classes. Who is this guy? Where did he come from? Who's his dad? Who does he think he is? Who gave him the right? What right you got to preach in this name? Come on, that battle's not over with either. They're doing everything they can, amen, to keep us from using the name of Jesus. But I'm here to tell you, if you don't take on the name of Jesus in baptism, you're in trouble when it comes to salvation. He's going to know us by his name. Hallelujah. I want to be a bride that's took on the name. I want to be betrothed tonight. I want the heavens to know whose side I'm on. I want the heavens to know, amen, who I belong to. Amen, that I'm not for sale. I'm not in the business of prostituting. I'm not in the business, amen, of selling my heart, my soul, and mind, and my life out to pleasure. I'm not in the business, amen, of, of looking for a good time. I'm in the business, amen, because I have a good time at the house of God. I have a good time, amen. I have great pleasure in the presence of the Lord. There's pleasure in prayer, ladies and gentlemen. There's pleasure in reading the word of God. And it's a pleasure you can't find any other place. It's the greatest entertainment you can have when you really get to dig it into it and searching it. Man, just, it's amazing. It's amazing. So as you watch him, he said, so the Jews, Jesus answered them and said, what's this key? My, doc, my doctrine is not mine. I'm going to repeat this again tonight. The doctrines that are preached and taught across this pulpit, it's got to line up to this. Cannot be preferences. Cannot be. It's got to line up to this book. But if it lines up to this book, if it falls in the pages and, and guidance, instructs in this book, it doesn't matter who likes it, who doesn't like it, doesn't matter who obeys it, it doesn't matter how many churches changes their mind on it, it doesn't matter how many high priests and presbyters and, and superintendents and, and organizations it changes their mind about it. It's not going to make any difference. <laughs> we don't have our own doctrine. We don't have our own teaching. Thank God it's given to us. It's written down and also by the quickening power of the Holy Ghost. It causes the scripture to come alive that we can deal with things. Even from the scripture, amen, that's written. That it's amazing that it's alive and it works in such a way. Warning us and, and keeping us from getting caught up and involved in things that would, could pollute our minds, our hearts and spirits. Amen. Of what's activities that goes on in those places and events. God keeps us from those. So he tells us, my doctor's not my own, but, the, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Wow. Think about that in a second. If it's the doctrine of God, you know what? It's going to fulfill what it instructed us. And so if, as we obey that, guess what? You're going to benefit from it. The promises that comes with that commandment. Because it's from God and not man. It's not man-made. It's God-given. And so as you go down that particular chapter. And you make your way 
uh, the next little part he talks about his own glory. But he that seeketh his glory, that sent him. Now watch this. Listen to what Jesus is saying here. Whose glory we're seeking? In Bendel, Mississippi. First Jesus named Church of Bendel. Whose glory that we preached on just here a little while back? It's God's glory. That's whose glory. That's whose presence. We want, to, we want to baptize this place even on Wednesday nights when you struggled and done everything. And I thank God for it. And I appreciate it. Hallelujah. Because I, I understand. I, I'm with you. I know, I know how it is. Be that busy. But you know what? You still came. And you know what? I want the glory of God to show up. I want you to be touched. I want you to be ministered to. I want to, amen, make sure that somehow, some way, through the preaching and the teaching and the singing tonight, that you can be led, amen, to some green pastures or, or some steel waters or that you can receive something in this house, amen, that can you could take home with you that'll help you out throughout the rest of the week. Hallelujah. I don't want them. You know what? I, I'll tell you what, I, I got a few hounds, but if I couldn't afford to feed them, I'd get rid of them. If I couldn't attend to them, if I couldn't say I'd try and keep them warmed and watered, amen, and keep them fed, hallelujah, you know, I, I, I'd get rid of them. Amen. I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I'm you, I don't mind. I'll spend $40 for a sack of dog feed. Amen. If that's what it's going to take, I, I'm not going to have something, amen, when he gets out of that box. Amen. It's actually nothing but bones and skin. Now, if he's run for two or three weeks and I've been running him hard, that's a different ball game. Amen. But the first day out, amen, hallelujah, he ought not look that way. Amen. I don't want us to leave this house or come into this house. Amen. That's a better, that's a better, I don't want you to come into the house. Amen. Just always struggling, always battling with the same old devils and the same old opposition, the same old power. That's not the will of God, sweethearts. I tell you, the will of God, the doctrine of Jesus Christ. He said, I come to set you free. I come to give you liberty. I come to put authority in your heart, authority in your mind, authority in your body. I'm the Lord of your life. I'm the Savior of your soul. I'm the wake maker. Hallelujah. It's not money. It's not your money. It's not careers. No, this is all Almighty living God that's an ever present help that's going to see us through. I tell you, we're not just getting by. I don't have that attitude and spirit. I don't believe you got that attitude and spirit. We know who we're worshiping. We believe in this doctrine. We believe it when you go in a watery grave. I don't care what kind of sin. If you repented, amen, and made a bow face turn, hallelujah, we need to show the fruits of that. But when you go in that watery grave in the name of Jesus, they're washed away. We believe this. Let, let me try to get. To, let me go down to the bottom of that chapter. He talks about the glory. Talks about the Sabbath. Amen. Then go down to about the 27th verse. 27th verse. Howbeit we know this man whence he is. <laughs> Well, watch it. Now, he's talking about Jesus here. I see what they're talking about. We know who this man. We know from whence he came. We know they thought his daddy, but they didn't. We know his mother. We know his brothers and sisters. We know. Now, now, now pay attention to the next statement. But when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Where did they get that? Who put that doctrine in them? When the Bible was full of Old Testament of miracles and wonders and signs that even the little lady in John 4 that had a wrecked life knew that when the Messiah shows up, the blinded eyes are going to be open. Death ears are going to be unstopped. The lame is going to leap. Hello, we're going to see and hear things. He's going to tell us all things. Was he not doing that? Was he not accomplishing that? What I'm telling you and I tonight, we can get some preconceived ideas of our own. And we can get them locked down into our minds and hearts and spirit. Amen. There can't be any other way except like this. That's like people trying to use a doctrine that you got to see a light to get the Holy Ghost. Amen. Or prove you got the Holy Ghost. But that ain't what the Bible says. Some may have experienced that and we don't even deny that. We don't even belittle that. But it's not in the book. The true evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost is the evidence of speaking in tongues that we can prove throughout the book of Acts. Amen. With the Jews and the Gentiles and the Samaritans. And so that's an initial sign. And it's still there. It's not even the initial sign. Amen. Of the fires, of leaping the fires upon their heads. 
It's a baptism, amen, or, or they're speaking in that heavenly language as the Spirit of God gives us the utterance. That is the true evidence that tames this tongue, the most unruly member. That's the only thing you can really find in the Bible, amen, that makes you become that born-again experience. So, then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am. I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. But I know him, for I am from him, and he had sent me. Now watch this. We understand the doctrine of Jesus Christ was, it's, it's about the Father. It's about His glory. Now, He sent us, and I won't go into all that. I'll, I'm a, <laughs> I won't have time here. Uh, but, uh, did you clock right? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Praise God. But, but here's the deal. Who are we trying to present? You understand what I'm saying? Same as Jesus. Man, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to bring them to Christ. I'm trying to bring them to Jesus. i got to bring them to the one that can really make a difference in their lives. If they got any hope whatsoever. And you know what? It may be their last weeks, days, and months. It don't make any difference. We're going to try to reach for them. We're going to try our best in prayer and Pray for miracles and pray that God fill them with the Holy Ghost and get them in a condition that they can get baptized and, and meet God. I'd rather take my chances doing that and not doing anything at all. I'm not interested in just marking people off. But God, you help us as we stay in the framework of this book, amen, to see people redeemed and reconciled and moved upon by what? By the doctrines of Jesus Christ. Amen. I, I, I could have talked. I know it's 842. Give me just a couple of minutes here. I mentioned this, and I want to go back to it a couple of times it's mentioned. Beware of the scribes. Why? It's the doctrines that are taught. Come on, come on. Understand this. Everybody that claims to be a Christian, everybody that claims to be a preacher, everybody that claims this, amen, even Jesus Christ lets us know that doesn't mean they know him and they have a relationship and, and, and fellowship with him. And I know we're living in a day and a time. They're trying to shove that down our throats. They want everybody to call everybody brothers and sisters. And I don't try to make a big deal out of that. I try to be respectful. I try to be all that. But I'm going to tell you something. It's hard to get away from that foundation. It's hard to get away if they don't have the Holy Ghost, that they really got a revelation. And I don't try to destroy what they got. Lord, have mercy. Let's don't do that. But at the same time, oh God, I'm praying, God, somehow, somehow by the mercy of God, help this light flow through us. Help the power of your love and the power of your spirit. Quicken their hearts. Quicken their mind. Help them see something in our lives, something in our conduct, something in the way we walk and talk, amen, that there's more to it. Hallelujah. There's something, amen, that's greater. There's something more powerful. Hallelujah. And we got to do it day in and day out. And we got to be consistent with it. We got to be steadfast fast with it. It doesn't matter where we're at and what we're doing, who we're involved with. It doesn't matter, amen, and none of that don't make any difference. All that matters, amen, that we're witnessing for none other but Jesus Christ and the resurrecting power of his good. Hallelujah. I tell you, if anybody ought to celebrate Easter, it's awesome. We've experienced this resurrection. It's a measure, but it's enough. It's enough. We got a taste. We got an ideal, amen, how to live, how to be victorious, how to how joy and speak full of glory, how to have that abiding peace and the love of God in us. And it's all about his glory. So we beware. Beware of the scribes. They'll deceive you. They'll mislead you. Uh, you can go to Acts and hmm. let me let me I'm gonna Acts 241. I'm, I'm, I'm being quick. Y'all saying to nine o'clock anyway. So uh, I don't, I'm not taking advantage of you. I'm not trying to anyway. Honestly, I'm not. Acts 2.41. They, they that gladly what? Received. Whose word? Who preached to them on the day of Pentecost? Peter. The apostle Peter. When they gladly received his word. I'm going to tell you. One of the, if you got the Holy Ghost. I shouldn't have said it that way. If you got the Holy Ghost. You claim the Holy Ghost. And preaching comes across this pulpit. The doctrines that come across this pulpit. And you don't glad to receive them. You can already start checking. Where am I at? Now if they're out of this book. I didn't say, I didn't say a man's religion. Or a man's doctrine. 
okay? But doctrines from this book, and you can't gladly receive it. You know, we never get to the place that we know it all. We never get, we never come smart enough or old enough to allow the Spirit to get a hold of us. <laughs> and I know we, we say these kind of things picking, you know. Man, I was driving while you were still in diapers. <laughs> But here's the deal. If, if, if you and I never took the time to study the scriptures, if you and I never took the time to build that relationship and companionship with God, you know, there's some people may not could drive a whole lot better <laughs> when they was teenagers. <laughs> Praise God. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to get a ticket. So you know what I do? And man, they got they want to stay on 57. So you know what I got what I do? I upset my cruise. I stay under that 60. There was one here Sunday morning just a few, few, few weeks ago. He went by me and the blue lights come on. I thought, well, man. So I went up there and pulled over. When I look back, it wasn't me. It was the one behind me. <laughs> oh, praise God. Sorry for y'all. But <laughs> hey, it's one of them moments I hope nobody else is coming from church yet. <laughs> hey, man, I got out that road. <laughs> anyway. How many likes to be wrong? We always want to be right, don't we? So you know what? The safest way to be right is... Glad to receive. Now, I want, I want to touch this, and I'll probably come back to it because I know I'm letting my time slip. Acts 2 and 41, we know this is the day of Pentecost. We know that the apostles Peter is preaching to them. We know that now the candy stickers, the Acts 2, 38, because they asked what are going to do to be saved, and, and we know that one. But watch this. Let's, let's watch what continues after that. And they glad received his word, were baptized. And the same day there was added unto them about 3,000 souls. You know what some commentary said about that? There's not much water in that region there. Apparently, he didn't, they didn't have to get baptized. I promise you. They got baptized. I don't know if they all went home, you know, and ducked themselves under. I don't know what they done, but I'll tell you what. They got baptized. 3,000 of them. Now, they may have. I don't know what kind of water they're, but they can, you know, we, do, we try to be fancy with ours. Oh, I better be careful here. <laughs> we got to wait, make sure so-and-so knows this and knows and that one knows the plans and does. Don't take it offensive. I'm just telling you where we're at. You know, we got to have fancy baptismal tanks and, and all different. But I have a feeling back then, they lied about 10 or 15 of them at a time. And they would stand over them and over them. The Bible says they don't have to have their hands on. Over them. Just got to speak over them. And all 10 or 15 of them at the same time went under that water. And in Jesus' name. And I'll tell you, God didn't have no problem washing every one of them. If he can wash one, he can wash 10. If he can wash 10, he can wash 100. If he can wash 100, he can wash 1,000. If he can wash 1,000, he can wash 10,000. You can look for loopholes if you don't believe it. But if you believe it, God will receive it. You don't look for loopholes. You just believe it. God's big enough, amen, to fill with the Holy Ghost. He's big enough, amen, to make enough water to baptize whoever he gets ready. Well, I know what the Ethiopian said. Here's water. What hinders me to be baptized? We're out in the desert. We're out. But here's water. Praise God. You can stand. I'm, I'm, I know I'm Next verse is really the, the, the verse I want to get to. And they continued steadfastly. That means they, there wasn't no leaving or forsakening what had been taught and what had began to be given to them. They per persevered in what the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. So we see here four core ingredients Amen. For sustaining the apostolic doctrine. Four things to practice. 
on a regular basis to keep us in the framework of apostolic doctrine. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Uh, prayerfully and hopefully some of this will help us really just dig into the word of God. See what it's got to tell us and, and anchored into our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. And, and you know what? Thank God. Uh, some of these younger ones is getting involved in Bible studies. And uh, they make it some plans. They're they going to practice on one another. I, I gave them 100%. But yeah, that's exactly what you need to do. Amen. Take it turns of teaching it and practicing on one another. You know what's going to happen? They're all going to learn. They're going to learn some things to do and they're going to learn some things not to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's the way that works. But thank God I want them stepping out and doing that. I'm telling you, home Bible studies are working. There's people may allow you into their homes that may not ever come to this door. But if you get this into the home, guess what? They don't have no problems coming here. We got to go out in the highways and the byways. I'm telling you, it'll work. We love you tonight and appreciate you. Let's pray for one another. Lift up one another. Don't forget Easter Sunday morning. Amen. Let's come excited about uh, just having church and all of our guests and different ones that will be with us. So let's just come have a good time. Come early. Let's pray. Let's create an atmosphere for the power of God to be in this house. God bless you. Appreciate you tonight. God bless you.